0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: getting on top. I'm your host, Paul Morris, and we're here Tuesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m. That's East Coast time, and we broadcast from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State, which is northern suburbs of New York City, my hometown. And if someone has a question for me, uh, I'll be uh, flying solo today. You can call in at one three four seven two one five nine four five six or if you want to uh you know if you want to get on uh the uh, internet you could uh get on to blogtalkradio.com forward slash getting dash on dash top today i'm talking about why understanding the true nature of depression matters. Um, Depression tortured and eventually led to my father's death. uh, I had it as well, but I finally conquered it, and life since then has never been sweeter. I have devoted the last 10 years of my life towards spreading the word that your depression can be healed and conquered if you understand its true nature and apply the proper techniques, techniques which are pretty straightforward. Um, On this program, I will discuss what true depression is and what it is not and why it's so important to make that distinction. Uh, I'll also go over a general approach to overcoming and healing depression and its insidious grasp, on our lives, for those who suffer. Okay. So let me get right to the uh, crux of, you know, what I'm talking about here. Um, Let's start off by, you know, uh, going back to my childhood. I was a child of the 50s. And um, during the, you know, I grew up mostly in the the 50s. And uh, during that time, When we used to go to the swimming pool, we were very afraid of catching polio. And because it was rampant then and it was something was very scary. And you caught it somehow being in a public place and so on and so forth. So everyone was afraid. And um, then uh, Dr. Salk, Jonas Salk came along. And I'm very proud that he went to my school, City College. (laughs) And he became a doctor. And he developed the Salk vaccine, and the rest is, for you old enough to remember, polio, uh, it became something that's gone completely. And um, the uh, president, Franklin Del Roosevelt, had polio. He couldn't stand up. He was in a wheelchair most of the time. Anyway, it was gone, just like that. And um, the reason I bring it up is because You know, depression's been around for, uh, you know, since the beginning of time, (laughs) since people have been around. But, you know, lately, uh, since psychology has been around, they've been talking about it. I guess people just didn't know what it was and maybe didn't have a name for it before and all this. But let's say the last 200 years, 150 years, whatever, they've been trying to uh, cure it somehow. And they've not succeeded very well, unfortunately. Uh, I talked to many people who had every kind of cure. They're on medication up to wazoo, and they're still suffering. So today, I want to talk about why that is, and what you know, what you could do about it. <clears throat> the reason it is is because you know, if somebody knew how to cure it, and some. I've heard physicians claim oh it's not that big a deal you just get the right medication and it's gone or you know we have the answer and all that stuff but they don't they don't Um, if they did it would be gone just like polio (laughs) if they had the answer they'd cure it and people wouldn't have it anymore okay yeah it is that simple Uh, of course people go oh it's complicated well you know not for nothing. I mean, I started as a science person. I studied engineering and mathematics, about as technical as you can get. And um, it it is that simple. And whenever it's not, it's because they don't understand it. Because if they did, they'd be able to cure it. I mean, it's, it, that's the way it is. Well, when something is like that, what are you going to say? It's going to. They're going to say, well, it's complicated. They need some way to get out of, you know, not explaining why it still exists and why it's so hard to overcome and all this stuff. So the purpose of my talk today is to tell you why, you know, what the difference is, why that exists, and why it matters. The main reason it matters is because if you really understand something, then you can deal with it <laughs> like anything. doesn't have to be an uh, affliction. I don't call depression a disease because I think that term is used a little too often. I'm sorry. don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't think alcoholism is a disease either. Okay? I think that when people call it a disease, it's a cop-out. They want to make themselves feel better that they're not responsible. Well, we are responsible. I'm sorry. It could be a weakness. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not blaming anyone, okay, or anything like that. Believe me, I'm not. Believe me, okay? It's nothing like that. The point is if you want to overcome it, you have to take responsibility. And anybody, anybody who overcomes something like alcoholism will tell you, they took responsibility, and they they got you know they got a grip, and they dealt with it. Okay, and uh, it's, it's that's what it is. So you don't get over a disease by taking control a real disease. So you know I like to make that distinction. I'm sorry, but that's how I feel about it. At any rate, um, the other fallacy is that depression is hereditary. It's not not hereditary my father had it i had it that doesn't prove it's hereditary it's just you know coincidental okay there's a lot of people that have depression i had it my father had it yet my children don't have it my wife's father had it my children don't have it okay so that doesn't prove it's not hereditary just like the other thing doesn't prove it is Okay, it's called it's called a fallacy. It's one of the oldest fallacies there is. Called post hoc ergo propter hoc, meaning this followed that, therefore this caused that. There's no cause and effect. Okay. Well, by the time I finish, you'll understand why I'm saying that. And uh, again, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to get to the truth of the thing, to understand its true nature, and I'll explain that as we go forward. So if you understand what it is, and it's true nature, you understand how to deal with it. Let's start with what it isn't, because I think that's very important. A lot of the confusion, a lot of confusion has to do with the fact that it looks like a mood disorder. It apes a mood disorder, but it's not basically at its cause a mood disorder. All right. Now, let me just say I didn't just sit down and figure it out one day. No, it's not simple. It's extremely difficult to figure out. Does that mean it's complicated? Well, yeah. It, it it's elusive. I wouldn't call it complicated. I don't think that's a proper word. It's not that complicated when you understand it. It's elusive. It definitely is elusive. But through through you know, circumstances, being, awareness, uh, being, you know, as soon as I saw something, I knew what I was seeing and then working with other people and getting their feedback and so on and so forth over a period of time. I got all the information and it all fit together, okay? So I didn't sit down as some, you know, uh, brilliant act and just figure it out. No, it, it wasn't that simple. I would have ne- couldn't possibly have figured it out. So I don't blame the doctors, the psychologists, the psychiatrists. It basically is almost impossible to just figure out. But through a series of events, you know, and talking to people and working with people and getting feedback, I got information which enabled me to put it together. And that's the way way it happened. Okay. So depression is not a mood disorder. That's the biggest problem. Even the way, and this is all on my website www.depressivesanonymous.org. D-E-P-R-E-S-S-I-V-E-S. A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. dot org. dot or com. And I'm not trying to insult anybody by spelling it. I'm a horrible speller, and if someone did that for me, I would appreciate it. Depressivesanonymous.org. I talk all about these things. <clears throat> okay. So, it's, you know, first of all, people use the term, I'm depressed today, I'm this, I feel depressed, uh, that's a depressing state. So, the the word depression itself gets watered down and it's used to mean so many things. And even as a clinical uh, term, you know, postpartum depression, um, they have uh, seasonal depression. <laughs> Come on. You don't get Depression from, you know, from Christmas or from the from the uh, seasons turning. Yeah, people get blue when there's less sunlight. I'm not an idiot. I understand that. All right, and and sure, there's a lot of hormones flowing. I'm sure. I'm not a gynecologist, and of course, as a man, I never gave birth. God bless you, ladies. What you have to deal with, but, you know. It, it You may be blue or it may be the person who gets postponed depression or the person who has quote seasonal depression has depression and it's just the time when it when it you know rears its ugly head all right when it comes out um these these occurrences, so you know it's not something in other words, if you have it and it's and if you have it, it starts. Around about the time of birth, almost all situations at or at about the time of birth, and I'll explain that why that is uh, a little later in the show. <clears throat> and you know, uh, we have episodes. It's called a depressive episode. And when we have these episodes, it could be caused by many, many different things, depending on the individual, how many connections they make to that it's caused by an initial emotional trauma on or about birth, anything that reminds us of that traumatic time, you know, when we felt, when we, when we first got that depression, uh, then, you know, we're going to have an episode. So, but it doesn't develop later in life as people think it does. It may manifest itself later in life you know think of herpes okay the perfect analogy herpes syndrome you don't get a herpes outbreak if you don't have herpes okay now i guess you can catch it herpes later in life that's true but you don't have herpes unless you have the uh, virus herpes virus but if you have the herpes virus you have an outbreak a rash okay and um, you treat the rash and Hopefully it doesn't happen that often, but you're not going to have an herpes outbreak unless you have herpes. So you don't have a depressive episode unless you have depression. It's something that's inside you. It's not a virus. It's, it's a cognitive thing. And as long as I'm at it, I'll tell you what it is exactly. Uh, I'm not trying to be mysterious here. When a person is born, it happened to me, and they sense they're being, they reject it. So how does a baby know? They know. We have our soul senses when we're born. Okay? And anybody who has a child knows a child is intuitive. A child just knows your mood and seems to sense what's going on. Well, it's more than that. We know more than that. Okay? And I can't say I remember it. I don't remember it. Some people do. That's how I learned about it. Someone who had it remembered it, remembered being Uh, rejected and remembered wanting to die because that's what, you know, a baby will die if they're rejected or they want to die and go back because, you know, the world's a scary enough place as it is and not, you know, being rejected is pretty frightening, even though my parents loved me (laughs) and they took care of me. But at the moment it was, you know, they did reject me. My oldest brother told me. All right, they wanted a girl. I was a fourth boy. He said you weren't wanted. Nice of him to tell me. He's ten years older. He remembered. Okay, but that's how I got my depression. All right, he didn't get it because he didn't have that experience. But uh, he was born under different circumstances. Fine. Whatever. The point is that's what happened, and that's what happens to people that have depression. Now many children do do die. It's called uh, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, and that's why sudden sudden infant death syndrome is so hard to explain. Kids just die, and strangely as it is, I was told this by someone like twenty seven years ago, who uh, who told me that that's the reason that uh, that babies die from sudden death syndrome, for, most, for the most part. They just want to die. And it could be from being rejected or other reasons, whatever. That's what it was. So it's funny that this came back, you know, after all these years and reinforced my understanding. The children that don't die have depression. So it starts from an emotional trauma, being rejected at birth, and like any emotional trauma, we have, we trigger it from time to time. It gets triggered, okay? If you were bit by a, a big black dog when you were a kid, like my bro- brother was, you see a dog, you get frightened, okay? If a big uh, redheaded kid beat you up and took your lunch money every day at school, and you grow up, you see a red, big redheaded guy, you're going to get, you know, uncomfortable. That triggers that emotional trauma. We all have emotional traumas, and they all get triggered. That's why we have fear of heights and this and that, of water, swimming. You know, maybe we got dunked when we were a little kid or almost thought we were drowning and we had that trauma and we're afraid of it or we fell off a bike, we're afraid to ride a bike, whatever it might be, okay? Whatever our fear is. So the emotional trauma of being rejected gets triggered from time to time, and that causes what's called a depressive episode. And as you get older, unfortunately, many things remind you of that, and there's many connections into it. And uh, as you get older and older, you know, more things can trigger it. And, you know, you're, you're a depressed person. Now, if you got it really bad like my father did, you sit there and stare at the walls until you had a shock treatment. You know, just like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. He had to go to a to a hospital and mental hospital and get that done to him. It's pretty terrible. most people don't it's not that extreme. It was not for me, but it was still a horrible experience anyway okay, so that's what depression comes from. You have this instruction in your mind that you want to die, and when you have an episode, it feels like It's trying to kill you, and you're trying to stay alive, and it's horrible. You can't beat it. You have to just get out of it by getting active, getting involved, getting engaged with something. When you engage with something, when you're active, it's called the flow state. You lose track of time, and when that happens, the uh, depression ends because you're in in a different mode, okay? And I'm not trying to get too... (laughs) Uh, too theoretical here But you're in a You're out of your ego state That's how you get in your flow state When you're out of your ego or conscious state You can't be depressed It's that simple uh, Another way is to get at You know, just get yourself active Doing something Get moving Or to think very happy thoughts And that will get you out of it as well Okay So those are ways to get out of it Um, Okay so it's it's there is something called the mood disorder, and most doctors believe, I'm sure, that when they cure someone a mood disorder, which could be a chemical imbalance, you could call it a mental disease, whatever you want to call it, and they're cured. But that's not depression. That's just a dark mood. Look, my mother did not have depression, but she she got in, you know, she had dark moods, down moods. She used to, Say to me, you know, Paulie, I feel, <laughs> she called me Paulie, I feel down, I feel depressed. So she got over it. You know, everybody has those times. It could be a time of a year that reminds you of something. And maybe when women give birth, their hormones and other things, you know, it's it's a very dr- traumatic and dramatic time. It could feel down, but it could be just a mood disorder. It could be just the hormones that are working. That's not. The same as depression. The fact that they call it depression is part of the problem. Anything that gives people a down mood, they call depression, and it's not correct. I'm sorry. So if someone has a down mood and they're given uh, medication and it lifts their mood, so you know you may think, oh, I can cure depression by giving a medication. But for people that actually have depression, it doesn't work because. That driver inside is fighting that medication. And I talk to people who are medicated up the wazoo who suffer because it's just like anything else. You get used to the the medication, and you get a tolerance, you build up a tolerance for it, and this driver is trying to overcome it, and it does. uh, That doesn't cure true depression. It only cures mood disorders. I think some medical people are fooled by thinking it it's the same thing and these people just don't respond properly. Well, it's not the same thing. That's the problem. Okay? There's a difference. Well, understanding that is very important. Alright? So if you understand it, then you can get to the core of it. Alright? And, uh, and, and, and that's a key thing. And let me tell you, let me tell you about an experience I had that just uh, reinforces my my concept. All right. I had a client from uh, Australia, and I worked with him. He was a, a PhD candidate, and he told me specifically he got started his depression. He was at the time he was thirty nine years old. He said he started his depression at the age of 14. What happened at 14? I asked. He wanted to die. Something happened to him. He had such a bad time of it. I believe it was with his family. It was a little while back. I don't remember the exact details, But he had a bad time of it. And he literally wanted to die. He told me this. He didn't know anything about it. He told me. He had a bad time. He wanted to die. He didn't die. He didn't kill himself. Thank God. But from that moment on, when he gave his subconscious that order, he had depression, and it, it went on till I worked with him at thirty-nine. Okay, so there it is. <laughs> he didn't have it before. He wants he he wanted it to die. He didn't die. But after he gave his, his, his subconscious that instruction, I want to die, he had depression. Exactly what I'm saying. And it usually happens at birth, and most people don't remember it, okay, unfortunately. Of course, it would make it easy to deal with if they did. Like I didn't remember, but that's what happens. So there's an example, a reinforcement of what I'm saying. And. Um, Oh, Let me bring up something else that is very important. Well, I'll bring up something in that line, too. It's it said that more women report having depression than men, twice as many, as a matter of fact, okay, in the world. And as it turns out in the world, that when a child is born, it's more likely they want a boy than a girl, all right? Look at certain uh, countries like China. The, uh, in other, other countries like that, them, especially when they could only have one child. You know, they wanted bo- the boys are more valued in that society. So when when the girl's born, obviously people are going to feel like they don't want her. She's going to feel rejection and have depression. Even in this country, I looked it up, more people want boys more often than they want girls. So they'll pick up that negative vibe And they may, you know, want to die and have depression. So there's a reason why more women have depression than men. And it, again, supplements this concept. One more thing is very important. Connection with suicide. It's connected to suicide, not because you feel bad. People don't kill themselves because they feel bad. Okay? They kill themselves because life doesn't feel like it's worth living. And that's how you feel. When you have depression, it knows how to make you want to kill yourself. It knows how to make you feel that way. It's trying to kill you. It's trying to fulfill this instruction in your brain. And God, if anybody's ever had it, they understand. If you don't, it's hard to understand. How it knows exactly how to make you feel like you want to die. White life isn't worth living. You know, uh, you you feel that you lost all hope. So, you have a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. So, it, it, it just drains you of all feeling of life. And that's, and it directly wants you to die. It wants to fulfill that death uh, instruction. And that's why most people who commit suicide suffer from depression. It's a direct correlation, not just a feeling bad, but it's connected. Okay? Cause and effect. So, that's what it is, and that's why it's important to know, because when you know what it is, you know how to work with it, which leads me to talking about how to work with it. Now, we're coming on a break here. It's a 30-minute break, which means if you're listening live, the live feed will end. But what you could do when the show is over, which will be in no more than 10 minutes, You can go to the archive, fast-forward it towards the end, and listen to the rest of the show, okay? So I'm just giving you some, you know, advanced notice. In a couple of minutes, two, three minutes, the live feed will end, but you can hear the host show up to 45 minutes on the archive. I'm going to do about 35, 40 minutes today, all right? Again, you're listening to Getting On Top on Block Talk Radio. I'm your host, Paul Morris. We have Tuesdays from 4... 4.30 4:30 p.m. East Coast Time, and um, if you want to know more about what I'm talking about, or talk to me, if you have a question, if you just want to talk about what's going on, if you want to talk about someone else's suffering, I'll be happy to talk to you, no charge. Uh, my website is DepressivesAnonymous.org. Depressives, D-E-P-R-E-S-S-I-V-E-S. A N O N Y M O U S dot org or dot com. Okay. So, how do you cure it? It's it took me a long time. It took me a long time to to figure it all out. It's basically three steps. Okay? The first step is reverse that instruction that you want to die. You just reverse it. It came from you. You control it, and you could change it. Okay? It's just like changing your mind about anything. And that's how I first discovered it. I just realized it was a habit. It becomes a habit. And you could change that. And I decided to change it. And boom, just like that, it ended. But you just make a decision. You know, like you make a decision to do something, boom, it's done. I mean, a real decision, not half-baked. It has to be 100%. You know when you decide to do something and you just do it and that's it? It's like done. That's how you start, by making that decision to end the death wish. And then you need to have that emotional trauma healed. The emotional trauma that caused the depression itself, I have a technique that I use to heal that emotional trauma. You could read about it in my website. Or you could use other things to heal emotional trauma. EMDR does it. You could try EFT. Uh, Other cognitive uh, methods. Brain spotting is an offshoot of EMDR. All right? Uh, NLP might work. My process works very well uh, to cure that emotional trauma that caused to go back to that time of birth or in this gentleman's case when he was 14. Okay, you heal the trauma. that, That takes away that aspect. And then the third part is changing the habit, the change in the habit of thinking negative and down things, the habit of negative thinking. And that takes about a month, because they say it takes about a month to change a habit. But you'll get some strong results right away. Okay? My technique is to list things. This is what I did. It worked very well for me. List things, experiences which make you feel very happy. When I got my first uh, offer letter out of college for the job, the exact job I wanted, that I worked for and struggled through school, I was through the roof with Happiness. Every time I think about it, it makes me feel good. Especially something that has an emotional attached to it. Not just I like to play golf. I like to do this. Or if I think about golf. I feel good. That might help. But it's even better. There's emotion attached to it. Like mine was. Like when my children were born. How elated I felt. Okay. Anything that gives you that incredible feeling. I hit a home run once playing baseball. I felt great. I. I won a basketball game. I was fouled at the buzzer, and we were down by one point. I had two shots, and I sunk both of them, and I went from losing to winning the game. Uh, I think about that. That makes me feel good. You know, whatever, especially things that are involve, And go over them and over them and over them in your mind. All right? At least three times a day in the beginning, and then for the first week or two, and then once a day, and then whenever you're feeling bad. Do it for the first month, and then whenever you're feeling bad, think about these good things and get yourself active. And that takes away the habit. And don't think about sad things. Just try to not dwell on them. Try to get yourself into happier thoughts, and you'll feel better. It works. If anyone has any questions, uh, you can call You can call me at 845-425-6389. That's my home office number. 845 425 6389. Uh, The discussion is free, no obligation. Be happy to talk to you. You know, I want to help as many people as possible. If you wind up wanting to actually do sessions, there's a charge related, and it's in my website. You can check that out. Very, very reasonable, (laughs) believe me. You can't pay. For people who suffer and can't get a cure, it's priceless, but my costs are very reasonable. And uh, anyone who can't afford it, I will work with you anyway. I will never turn anyone around because of cost. So I will work with people on a sliding stale if that's necessary. I have done it, and I will. And um, my uh, my email is paul at org dot or .com. So, go to the website, check it out, be well, get out in the sunshine, think happy thoughts, be around people, make you feel good, <laughs> and God bless. Have a great summer. Bye. I will now leave with the theme from my book, Freight Train Freddy, sung by Peter Tazone, who wrote the song and plays the song. And... Um, and illustrated the book. You can go to ftfcreation.com, the website where we sell Freight Train Freddy. FTF is in Freight Train com, and uh, you can get the book there. Bye now.
0: He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew. His daily run was long and hard, and oh. he had to be, ready to be ready To get his freight train down the track Determination he would never lack The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy Everybody was his friend, and they all helped him to the end to keep those freight cars rolling along steady, he never knew what to expect and was very careful not to wreck the little locomotive called Braid Train Freddy. The little locomotive called Braid Train Freddy. <laughs>